Welcome to So What Else. My name is Caitlin Elliott and I love talking to people. I love hearing people's stories, the big important things they've been through, and also the random stuff. We're going to talk about it all here. This podcast is just me talking with fascinating people so that we can all hear what they have to share with the world. So what else? Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of So What Else? I am here with Amanda Sobosinski. Did I say it right? That is correct. Okay. That's a tough one. We had to practice before I got on. (laughs) Um, So anyway, Amanda is another person. She's the second person I've had on that I haven't ever actually met in the flesh. So like Lindsay Lagan was on a few weeks ago. I had never met her before. And Amanda is a good friend of mine's sister-in-law. So I've known about you, but I've never met you or talked to you. So thanks for agreeing to do this. Of course, I'm happy to. Why don't you just kind of introduce yourself to everybody? Okay, well, I'm Amanda. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a mom of two, I should say. And I'm a hairdresser. Awesome. Where? So you guys, do you live in Livingston? So I grew up in Livingston. Okay. I actually work in Livingston also, but now we moved to Montville. Oh, nice. Okay. So I grew up in Roseland. So I know a lot of Livingston people. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad's church is the crossing church in Livingston. Yeah. Yeah, So I know a lot of Livingston people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, I know, like, I don't know. I bet we know similar people like the McGeehees. That's who's my, I, I grew up with her sons and she is a godsend. I literally was with her the other day. Oh, nice. By getting RJ and I, my husband to actually go there. Um, oh. she's so in love with it. So oh, that's awesome. I that's love how Margie. familiar. Yeah, she is so sweet. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So we grew up with the boys with Trevor and Zach mm-hmm. and there's like the Vorbex, the Coopers. Yeah. There's a lot of Livingston families okay, there. I didn't know that they went there. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. What year did you graduate high school? Oh, five. Okay. What year did I graduate? Seven. Okay. Does that sound right? Eleven. I mean, it's our first time meeting, but I'm going to say maybe you know better than I do. Yeah, right. I'm like, I don't even know. How old am I? I'm 32. Yeah, so that would make sense. Yeah, so. I'm 34. All right. So, yeah, that makes sense. But, um, yeah, so that's funny. Okay, yeah. So, Jersey, you know, everyone knows everybody in Our Jersey. world, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So, how long have you been a hairdresser? Oh, my gosh. Um, so, I ended up going to college just for a year to maybe do early childhood. Okay. Um, didn't have my heart set on it while I was doing classes. I was really good at class, but it wasn't anything I wanted. So, honestly, a year after high school, I think I started beauty school. And nice. now I'm 34. So, I would assume like 18 to now. That's amazing. Well, your hair looks amazing. Does everybody oh. always hit you up? Today was the first day I brushed it. So you're welcome. Uh, oh, hey, please. I get that. <laughs> I actually washed my hair today and I was like, wow, like I'm amazing. Kudos I, to you. I, today I, did a good deed. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have two little kids. I have two little kids. Yeah. It's a whole thing. There's no time. No, it's just, it really is. And the thing is, it's like when you get time, you're like, okay, so like, what am I going to do? Am I going to do like one of the million like house things that have to get done? Something for work? Am I going to take a shower? Like you can't do all of the things every day. No. So shower loses out a lot. My hair is typically in a bun. You're lucky if I shower at night because I'm so exhausted. And sometimes I'll most likely pick a hot cup of coffee instead of like a cold cup that sat for like a bunch of hours during totally <laughs> oh i know i can't oh uh, honestly like the best gift anybody ever gave me was a yeti like oh. the, a yeti mug with the lid like the whole thing and like so now i trick myself into thinking like oh yeah no like this isn't that old this coffee yeah. but it's really old but it stays pretty warm like yeah. i'm a big fan of the yeti genius oh, i have one as well all right that's amazing so how old yeah. are your kids So my son, Robbie, is 18 months, and my daughter is four months and four and a half months almost. So they're really close in age. Yeah, they were supposed to be 16 months apart, and now they're 14 months apart. Oh, wow. Okay, so my girls are a little over two years apart, which... I mean, it's hard. It's whatever. Any age gap is hard. I was just going to say, do not compare because children in general are difficult. It's true. It's hard no matter what. But I at least felt like the fact that like my older daughter was like 
very comfortable like walking running she was potty trained by the time i had my second but like my cousin had kids super close like you and like her son wasn't even like a great walker you know by the time she had her second you know so it was like she's like carrying two babies around that's exactly what it is when people are like oh you have two kids and i'm like except they can't vocalize like at all what they want, what they need. My son can walk, but he can't climb into the car by himself. So I'm going in and out of the house to get both of them in and out. It's just a lot of work, but I'm in it. I might as well do it. I'm not going to get over that hump and then have another baby and be already comfortable. I think that's more where I'm I'm at right now. (laughs) My husband and I talk about that all the time. Like it's a level of comfort. It's so true. Like, it's like, if you can taste it, like, oh, like we're getting our life back a little bit, like then you'll never have another kid. You know what I mean? It's so terrible because you do end up missing the baby phase. But like, once you hit a certain point, you're like, do we really want to backtrack though? We just got out of diapers, potty trained a little more dependent and you get your life back. Absolutely. It really is so crazy. And like, look, I get it that it's like, look, we're still new mothers, both of Mm -hmm. us. So like, I don't know what the future stages of child rearing look like. And I know that people like to say like, oh, you know, like you think it's hard now, wait till later when they're in high school and they're doing crazy things, whatever. But look, the baby phase has got to be the most like physically taxing. Oh, for sure. I think the sleep deprivation is debilitating. It's insane. Or even like you just said, lifting the kids Mm -hmm. in and out of the car seat, getting the stroller in and out of your trunk, setting it up, lifting the kids. I should be more dacked than I am. And it's like, where are my muscles at if I'm carrying this much weight? I literally think about that all the time. Or like, I'll go for a walk sometimes with that double jogger stroller with my two kids in it. And like, I'm doing hills and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't even know how I am not like the world's strongest woman, like with the fact that I'm doing this, like, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't get it. It's, it's crazy. My husband actually just went for a walk without me this morning with them. Cause I went to work and he said to me, he's like, I gotta say like, and he's six, three. Yeah. Jacked. Like he's fine. Yeah. And he was like, it's really hard pushing that double stroller up a hill. And it- I was like, you think I just complained just to hear myself talk? Right, exactly. <laughs> like for my health. Yeah, like it's insane. It really is. Like my dad one time saw me like pulling the double stroller out of the trunk and setting it up. And he was like, how did you, you do that? every time? Yeah, like he was like, how did, what are you doing? How did you do that? And I was like, I don't, This you just do this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. What else this are you going to do? Like if you don't do it, you're going to be stuck in the house. So. Right, like you got to figure it out at some point. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. So your son, you said he's like 18 months old. All right. So that's a fun age. 18 months. Uh, I'm being sarcastic. 18 months. I didn't love. So I literally said, I probably wanted to curse at him plenty of times today. He yeah. was being horrible, but also so sweet. They're like sour patches. I'm I know say. it's true. But like people say like, oh, terrible twos. Personally, I felt like my kids were a little easier at age two, like the 18 months to two, I feel like because oh, they yeah. don't have an, they don't have that many words yet. They're yep. constantly angry about something. They can't express it. Exactly. Like, especially my second one. I felt like she was like a rageaholic when she was 18 really? years old. Like, I was like, right now. what yeah. is the deal? But mm-hmm. it, to encourage you, I feel like as she learned to talk more, it's upsetting. Yes, yeah, I feel he's like saying you know. all this stuff and he's not understanding. And when I try to tell him no and reprimand him for doing something, he thinks I'm being playful. Totally. There's just like a obviously like a language barrier. At Absolutely. That point because he doesn't hear any of the things I'm saying except a few words he recognizes. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, yesterday, my younger one like bit my four year old like. Uh so badly and I was literally though like I was like Emerson no like we don't bite whatever and she was like smiling at me you know oh, what I mean and I'm like yeah. uh no <laughs> my mom yells at me all the time she's like you're not being stern enough I was like oh no no behind closed doors I am yeah she yeah here what I'm doing <laughs> I know oh it's so crazy it's horrible it, yeah it, it's tough it's definitely it's for sure it's a ride so I know that with your son though you had like a traumatic birth experience is that right yes tell us about that so what happened like was he early no so i was full term with my son um i actually waited till last minute because that's what everyone told me to do that as i was having contractions you get put in the hospital and you're there for a while so you might as well shower take your time Mm -hmm. 
my husband and I went to Costco. We stopped up on food knowing we were going to be stuck in the house. That's amazing. I'm pushing the cart, trying to breathe through my contractions. I got home. The doctor told me you need to get here now with how close they are together. And I still went upstairs. I showered. I took my time, got there. Then it was like excruciating pain. And they were like, okay, so you're five centimeters. Like you need to be admitted and we need to get you in a room like right now. Yeah. I went from zero to 10 in no time. Uh, I dilated instantly. uh, Um, But the problem was they couldn't figure out why he wasn't coming all the way down into my birth canal completely. Okay. Um, There was a point that my epidural was wearing off and my sister was in the room with me at the time and said, don't continue pressing the button. You want to be able to feel something so that you can push and uh, feel what you're doing. So the nurse who was a lunatic, literally the, the second she walked in, she was just saying crazy things to my husband. She was saying crazy things to me and I didn't feel comfortable being taken care of at all uh, by any of the residents, anything. Yeah. Um, then she said, it's 2019. We have an epidural for a reason. And she completely kept pressing the button until she couldn't press it anymore. So I was numb from half my body down. Uh, I couldn't feel a thing. Yeah. Yeah. She walked out, came back in and she was like, well, the time's running out. We broke your water a while ago. So you're going to have to start pushing. And I was like, well, I can't feel anything. How am I supposed to push? And she's like, you're going to have to figure it out. I start pushing an hour and a half later, blood starts coming out. Her face literally dropped and she was like, well, that's not good. And she looked at the, the nurse next to her without talking to me. My mother was in the room and my husband and said, where did that come from? And I said, excuse oh, no. me, can you talk to me? What, yeah, what what's going on? I want to be in the know. I'm not scared, mm-hmm. but you need to keep me in the loop. Like what's happening? Yeah. And she was like, um, we just need to have a bunch of doctors just come and look at you. And a bunch of residents, doctors came rushing in, looked at me, said, you can continue pushing if you want, but you're spiking a 104 fever. Your son <gasps> needs to be in distress. Oh. Um, so you either need to keep pushing or we're going to do a C-section. So there was a bunch of stuff that made it very horrible during that time. Um, but then they rolled me in for the C-section. I was highly medicated leading up to that because of my fever. Then they found that I had an infection out of nowhere. So they had medicated me before the C-section. Um, and then when he was born, I was very out of it from everything that they pumped me with. And I woke up and he was in the NICU. <laughs> So I didn't know a full term baby, actually, most babies that end up in the NICU are full term. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So he was only there for a week. Um, But as a new mom, definitely scary. having. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But what kind of stuff did he have going on? um, He had taken on a lot of fluid when he was trying to be pushed out. And then when they grabbed him out, I guess he took on even more on the infection and fever that I had then went over to him. Uh, he was also almost 10 pounds. So wow. um, he was huge. Uh, he had an insulin issue. So, uh, and I didn't have diabetes. So it was very yeah, confusing um, to a, a mom that doesn't know much, but he ended up okay. The NICU yeah. was incredible. And honestly, he's so sweet and kind now oh. that that's like kind of like a foreign memory yeah yeah absolutely after my daughter right <laughs> so, so I'm sure that was like a crazy way to enter into motherhood a hundred percent I actually had delayed postpartum with him I think I started crying a lot about his delivery probably when he was five months old is when I stopped okay yeah 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 and I was like okay we're good now he's good yeah like, yeah we're in a good place yeah so I mean, but that's traumatizing. I mean, you know, like uh, just to have like your bait, like you're, you went through all of that with the delivery and then he's in the NICU and like, that's so, that's tough. Yeah, You want to push, you don't want to end yeah. up in surgery. Right. I mean, surgery is no joke. The recovery mm-hmm. was horrible. I was in the hospital sure. for as long as he was, it just uh, was not good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I got him in the end and he's healthy. Yeah. So it's, it's all okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so then you got pregnant again when he was how old? Five months. <sighs> right. When I stopped crying about him, I found out I was pregnant. And the, I mean, so you're dealing with the hormones from oh. just having a baby oh. and then you get the pregnancy hormones. Mm-hmm. 
That's a lot. Oh, I cried. Oh, I'm sure. When I had a, I actually didn't think I was pregnant. My period was not normal after having. Right. You were so soon. I'm like, I'm not pregnant. Right. And my friend's like, I think you might be, you should probably take a test. And I was like, I'm definitely not pregnant. And I took one and I lost it. Oh, not in an ungrateful way. I am so grateful. I get pregnant so easily. And Mm -hmm. I would never take Charlie, my daughter for granted, like she happened as she should. Yeah. yeah. But at the time it was a Mm -hmm. lot weighing on me and I was just getting myself feeling good. So it was just a lot. Uh, It's, it's something that's really interesting. You know, um, or one of my first episodes, my cousin Susie came on and she talked about the same thing, how she got pregnant with her with her daughter when her mm-hmm. son was four months old. And she said that she dealt with a lot of guilt because she's like, I was not happy. Mm-hmm. She was like, to be honest, like mm-hmm. she was like, yes, am I thankful that I don't have fertility issues? Absolutely. She For was sure. like, but I didn't feel happy. And then I felt guilty that I didn't feel happy. I felt guilty that I was crying all the time, yeah. that I was stressed, that I was scared. And then I felt guilty because I had friends that were having trouble getting pregnant. That's so exactly then I felt more. like, yep. how could you be like this? You know, but it's it's My all story, hard. Your story, like it is. Whatever's hard for you in that moment, I don't want to take away from people that are struggling to get pregnant. I mm-hmm. I literally pray for those people on the regular. Most of my friends had to do medicine for yeah, it. Yeah. It's just when you're mentally not in the right headspace mm-hmm. and you're not planning for something and it's a surprise. Yes, I'm grateful for my mm-hmm. daughter. Of course. It's just that wasn't our plan, but I guess you make plans and God laughs. So <laughs> it is what it is, but yes. wasn't really a laughter situation until after I got comfortable with the fact that I was pregnant. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot like on it. And like, it sounds like a cop out, but like the hormones mm-hmm. are so real, like oh, yeah. just post sure. postpartum and then pregnancy. And like you had yeah. basically like both happening simultaneously. I was pregnant and oh. my body never really recovered hormonally oh, yeah, or sure. anything. That's a lot on your yeah. body. Yeah. I was not expecting that. And you know, like I didn't have, like I had very regular pregnancies and births and all of that, but yeah. I, you know, people tell you like, Oh, look, it's so hard to have a baby, whatever. I didn't really, I was not prepared for like yeah. the recovery, like yeah. of like carrying a baby, birthing a baby. Like I, I was no not mentally you. prepared for that, like whatsoever. I think I only was because I'm very close to my sister. She's legitimately my best friend. She's six years older than me. She has three kids. And I was in the room with her after she gave birth with her first. And I helped her, you know, clean herself when she couldn't walk. And I don't like blood or anything like that. And it was like blindsided me that I was like, I don't know what I pictured. Like movies just don't show you that. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, totally. Oh my gosh. Probably shouldn't anyway, but still like, I just didn't, I don't know what I thought. Obviously it was not going to be like roses and everything, but totally aggressive in every which way, mentally, physically, it is aggressive. Absolutely. I mean, I joke all the time that my younger sister, because I have two younger sisters, my younger sister has been married for a few years. Like people are always like, when are you guys going to have kids? And I always say like, she does, she's not going to have kids because she was with me two minutes after I had my kids and she saw it and she was just like, no, thank you. Like, we're good. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm going to wait on that. I'm going to see how life takes me without children first. And then I'll touch base with that later on. (laughs) Literally. Like, it's just like, she's like, yeah, yikes. Like the stuff I saw up close, like I'm never going to unsee that. a lot. It's a, yeah, you can't unsee it. No. My husband asked if I wanted to see the video of my C-section because there was a small footage of it. And I was like, do you want to have more children? after Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's not going to happen if I see that. Heck no. Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right. So you found out you're pregnant. You had a hard time with it. How did your husband react? Um, he thought I was playing a joke. I called him immediately. Of course, with my son, it was our first, we were trying. Right. Um, So I tried to tell him in a sweet way and I wanted to see his reaction. Right. Uh, I was so beside myself. I called him immediately at work, hysterically crying. He's like, what's going on? Is everything okay? Is everyone okay at home? And I'm like, I'm pregnant. And he was like, no, you're not. And I was like, I am dead serious pregnant right now. He couldn't believe it. I mean, he was so excited and he knew where I was at with me, you know, struggling. And he was like, but maybe we'll have our Charlie because we always wanted a girl named Charlie. And I was like, you're right. Okay. Like, I just need a minute to like, let this sink in. Mm -hmm. It's just a little too close. (laughs) But then I, it, it literally was like a day or two Mm -hmm. of like talking to my mom and like Mm -hmm. really just getting talked off the ledge of where I was at. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. All right. So then you had a fairly normal pregnancy with her. I had beautiful pregnancies both times. Um, I loved being pregnant. I still love being pregnant. <laughs> it's a bummer. Um, I just think I'm done after two NICU babies. But um, yeah, I had a perfect pregnancy with her. I actually didn't gain a lot of weight at all. I was very tiny. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, obviously so then what happened? So she came really early. She came at seven months. Okay. So I remember, you know, just, so I'm in a life group from church with your sister-in-law, April. So, you know, of course, obviously we all chit chat, whatever. We knew her sister-in-law was pregnant with the second, you know, whatever. And then we got a text one night and she was like, guys, like, please be praying. My sister-in-law's in labor. And we like did the math. And I was like, I thought she wasn't due. Like, you know what I mean? And she was like, so it's really early. Like, please be praying. And so we were getting obviously information through her, um, so tell me like your side of it, like what happened? Um, I don't really know. Um, so if I could guess, uh, I had actually fallen leaving work three weeks before. Okay. Um, I lost balance. I was carrying a bunch of stuff to my car. My right. ankle rolled and I fell and I felt myself going forward. So I put my knees down so I couldn't hit my belly first. Right. I actually still have black and blues on my knees. I don't know if those are going away, but um, it took me a minute to get up. I was by myself. No one saw me fall. I started yeah. hysterically crying, trying to figure out what hurt. Um, yeah. Yeah. My husband, I said, I don't know if I should go to the doctor. I don't know if I'm just hysterical because I'm anxious right now, but mm -hmm. I'm a little hysterical. I'm going to try to calm down and see what I hit. Mm -hmm. Then I was just getting nervous and I'm like, I'm not going to sleep tonight. Who am I kidding? I need right. to go somewhere and get her looked at. Um, I went, they checked her fluid, checked her heartbeat. Everything was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, but nothing was normal after that. I was getting severe pain. I was getting pressure in my pelvic area, which I didn't feel till later on with my son. Okay. So I had actually seen my doctor on the Monday of December 6th, I guess I told her I was getting pain. Mm -hmm. Um, she said it was normal. And that it, you're in your third trimester, it's your second one, and you're carrying a heavy toddler. My son is huge. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, that makes sense. I'm doing yeah. a lot. I can feel I'm doing a lot. So that's probably all it is. Um, that Wednesday, I went into work and I kept saying something's really off, but I went about my business and I went to the bathroom before starting my day and I had blood in my underwear. Um, I came out, I talked to a friend of mine that actually last year with my son's pregnancy, went through the same thing and lost her baby. Mm. So she actually was a huge support in this whole thing. She canceled my day for me, put me in her car, called the doctor and I called RJ, my husband, and she took me right to the hospital. Oh. So, so you got there and were they like, oh, you're in labor? It was very bizarre. They didn't know where the blood was coming from. I was there for like three, four hours monitored. The baby was still fine. The heartbeat was great. Um, they couldn't find my cervix. I have a tilted uterus, which very few people have, but like they have it. And I guess they couldn't see my cervix that great to see what was happening and why this is happening to me. Mm -hmm. um, while I was there, my husband's like, should I be leaving work? I said, everything seems to look fine. I don't want you leaving if you don't have to. And I'm going home soon. Yeah. I started having full-fledged contractions and they were like two minutes apart and then one minute apart. And I wasn't dilated. I was only two, di uh, two centimeters, I guess, at that point. Wow. So they were getting nervous that something was going to happen. And they started admitting me and putting me on magnesium to help oh. develop Charlie um, and steroids to help stop the contractions and just get her stronger, her lungs and everything like that. Oh, wow. So at this point, I didn't think I was actually having my baby. Right. I thought we were just precautionary if Casey yeah. comes yeah. Um, but it were was you freaking out or were you kind of like, okay, this isn't, it, it's going to be okay. Strangely calm. Yeah. I was strangely calm. Um, I did have a weird feeling. So I told my husband to leave work. Okay. Um, because of COVID regulations, I was very lucky. The girl that took me to the hospital was able to stay with me because she knew the nurse on the floor. Oh, wow. um, she knew that she had just delivered a baby last year that didn't make it. So she was oh, like a hundred percent be her support system until yeah, her husband yeah. gets here. Oh, wow. Um, so you didn't have to be alone. 
I was so grateful for that. I think that's honestly why I didn't lose my mind. Yeah. Um, but they admitted me because my contractions weren't subsiding. Okay. Um, I actually wasn't on an epidural or any pain meds the whole time I was in labor until Thursday night, my labor stopped. So oh. Wednesday, all day into Thursday night, I was in full-fledged labor, no epidural, no medicine. Uh, I was exhausted. Yeah, I bet. Um, and then they finally stopped and I was like, do we get to go home tonight? Right. Like, is it over? And they were like, unfortunately, you got to stay one more night. You got to make sure that you're not yeah. back into labor. And I was like, okay. So I was walking around telling everyone I'm fine. I'm going home tomorrow. Yeah. Friday morning, one o'clock in the morning, I wake up and something's not right. And I call the doctor and I'm like, I'm not having contractions, but something's off. And they were like, well, then what if it's not contractions? I was like, I don't know, but I need to say it out loud. Something's not right. <sighs> and they're like, well, we need to figure this out. And they put, they called a bunch of doctors in and um, by the time everyone got in the room to check me, I was in full-fledged labor again, minutes apart. Oh <laughs> and I, and they're like, we have to admit you again because you're back in labor. Now, was your husband there at this point? A hundred percent. He slept with me Thursday night. Okay. Good. Um, and he told his department that he was going to be out. So yeah. was with me the entire rest of the time. So that was comforting. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> but then you have a baby at home. So that was where it got like really anxious for me. I was like, I don't want to have to worry about him. And yeah. like, he was in a specific time of his life that like certain things triggered him. Like he wanted mommy all the time to put him down for bed and like yeah, yeah. routines with him that other people didn't know about. Of and I course. was worried yeah. he was going to be so all over the place, but he was a godsend. He Aww. loved being with every kid that took him in because everyone Aww. had kids. Yeah. Um, he went from place to place thinking it was so much fun and everyone Aww. FaceTimed us. So it was a little more soothing uh, that everyone yeah. here and I didn't have to even think about where he was going. Yeah. And you guys have both sides of your family close by. Yes. That's yes. good. That's, yeah. 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 It's really helpful. Yeah. Really helpful. All right. So back to the hospital. So you're there. Mm -hmm. They're like, you're having this baby. Yeah. So Friday, um, I started getting really anxious because my contractions were like Robbie's. I was in labor. Yeah, like yeah, I couldn't yeah, even yeah. control the pain. And they were like, do you want morphine? And I said, I don't want morphine. I need an epidural. I'm having this baby today. Yeah, yeah. Is it that bad? And I was like, I have a high pain tolerance. I went to yeah. the hospital with my son at six centimeters. Yeah, like, yeah. Someone needs to check me now because yeah. I'm guaranteeing that I'm going to have this baby soon. Uh, so the doctor came in, checked me. And again, I was at six centimeters and he was uh, like, we got to break your water, but you need to make a decision. Do you want to go in for the C-section? Oh, or, and I was told I have to have a C-section because right. my son was only at that point, 14 months before right. and I wasn't recovered well enough. Yeah. Um, my doctor said, you know, there's pros and cons to pushing. Um, your uterus could rupture, which is dangerous for you and dangerous for the baby. <sighs> um, so you have to make that decision on what you would want to do. I hysterically start crying. And of I'm course. Like, How do you make that decision? On? I'm <sighs> telling you I'm having my baby that's not due for two months now. Oh. And you're asking me to make a decision on, yeah, I don't want a surgery. It was horrible. Right. I'm like, but I don't want to put my baby at risk yeah. more than it already is if I push. Oh. So I looked at my husband and he was like, you want to push. You should just try. She's yeah. little. She's three pounds. You know, yeah, like, true. you do it. So I said, I'll push. And the doctor was like, I couldn't tell you what to do, but if I could, I would have told you, you could definitely push this baby out and you're going to be okay. Oh, so okay. This, it'll be easier than your son. Okay. Yeah. And you're going to do great. And he was so comforting. It made it a little oh. bit less overwhelming. Yeah. That's nice. Um, my husband was great. He actually prayed over us before I pushed oh. because I was a mess. Like yeah, yeah. literally. I can't even imagine. Oh, it's so scary. And then like for them to say like, you have to decide what you want to do. And, but like and with my son too. And I didn't like that because if yeah. something went wrong, I would just blame myself forever. Of course. Of I course. Mean, I wish there was a little more direction, but I get why they can't necessarily yeah. um, tell you what to do. But, um, we pushed two minutes, literally two pushes. She was out. They oh, let wow. me hold her. They didn't rush it after they made sure she was good. Yeah. Um, and then it was kind of it. I mean, my recovery was great compared to the C-section, okay, but I, yeah. the next day, knowing that she wasn't coming home with us, regardless, I needed to go to my son. 
Yeah. Um, and then she was in the NICU for about 40 days. 40 days. So, I mean, okay. So you have her, how big was she? She was three pounds, maybe a little over three pounds. And so, you know, you're holding her, like, were they like concerned that she wasn't going to be able to take a breath, like things like that? So I forgot to say the part where when they broke my water, I had a lot of blood come out of me. Oh old blood. So they think something ruptured, which is why I'm saying the fall in right. the beginning. Um, he said trauma would typically happen within the first 48 hours of anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true. I don't think doctors know all things. I think it's very possible that I tore something when I was falling Yeah, and it was a very slow tear and yeah. I could have probably slowly leaked blood this entire time. Yeah. So she took a lot of blood on and had a lot of stomach issues on top of the fact that she was so premature. Um, But they took a while taking care of her while they were getting everything prepped for me to be done. Okay. Um, My husband was watching them. So I was concerned. I mean, he kept looking back at me and being like, she's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just need to literally check everything since she's so early. Right. Because they were taking like 10, 15 minutes, maybe even longer. It felt like a year. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) They were looking at everything. So, um, but she was good. They let me hold her and didn't rush me, which I like. Yeah, yeah. And then they had to take her to the NICU and hook her up to a bunch of stuff. So, so once they took her and hooked her up to everything, like, could you go? So, yeah, um, not right away. There was some time that they left for them to settle in and, and kind of check her out. Right. Um, so that day was such a blur to me. I was so out of it. Um, I do think we walked down my husband and I together, um, later in the afternoon, Uh didn't get to hold her, didn't get to change her diaper, didn't get to do anything that normal moms got to do. Like I did with my son. I had to wait two days to hold my son. So again, I had to wait two days to hold my daughter. (laughs) Did you feel like, like you got robbed? Like 100%. And it's so funny because at work as a hairdresser, I mean, I'm pretty open and I would rather talk about it. I think it somehow helps me. Mm -hmm. So people would ask me and I was so positive about this delivery because Mm -hmm. of how horrible my son was. And I was like, it's going to be better this time. You know, it's going to be planned. We'll go in. I'll feel good. I can find a babysitter for my son and I'll feel at ease. Mm-hmm. And like the polar opposite happened. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, not only did I get robbed once, I got robbed twice. And then my percentage of going to preterm labor again for a third is higher now. Ugh. And we wanted three kids, but I honestly feel like I don't have it in me. So I'm yeah. probably done after this. Right. I mean, that it's traumatizing. Like I, that takes a lot out of you. <laughs> like yeah. to yeah. have two babies in the NICU, like, you know, like that's, that's a lot. Very slim. And so once she was in there, she's hooked up to the stuff, like whatever, like, what were they telling you? Like, were they like, she's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. Okay. And that's something that people don't prepare you for. I wish I, after Robbie read up a little bit more on the NICU and obviously while she was in there, I did end up doing more research. Right. Um, I joined a preemie support group. So people talking in there made me feel a little comforted that the same things medically that they were hearing, you know, they have a three-year-old that's super okay and healthy and smart and all these things. So, um, it was overwhelming. They were throwing literally medical terms I've never heard before as if I'm supposed to know what they're saying. And, Mm. you know, blood transfusions were being thrown at us that she kept getting those. And she kept having a new needle in her arm for different reasons. And I'm like, it was a lot to take in. And honestly, we kept our families guarded. Um, They kept asking how she was. We kind of gave bare minimum because it was a lot on us. And a lot to take in. And when they started slowly, when I was getting a little bit more open about it, they were like, what do you mean blood transfusions? And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's like a lot people of didn't realize like how I'm not going to sit here. Yeah. 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 There was just, there was a lot, a lot, but you know, she literally beat so many odds of so many things while being in there. And every nurse said her temperament was the mm-hmm. sweetest. She was so calm and not overwhelmed by any and she's still like that 
she came home and she's like the sweetest little angel. I can't even just say that because she's mine. Yeah. She is so sweet. Oh, it's so good. So what, so they, so you don't get to stay. So they, they release you, you go home, you collect your son, you know, whatever. So what do you do? Would you go back every day and visit her? So we were all over the place. Um, mentally, physically, we were trying to figure out at night was so hard because we felt bad that we were home with our son and didn't right. have her with us, mm-hmm. but we couldn't leave him and go there at night. Every night. Yeah. We were trying to go first thing in the morning and then first thing before like they went down for bed, like we would try to go at like a reasonable hour it was debilitating. I mean, oh. to find sitters alone for my son, yeah. I couldn't do it. Um, well, and all this started... is going on during COVID. Oh yeah. So no one could visit, no one could. <sighs> so it was just, this was not our year and a half. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot. Um, but I mean, we made it work. It was hectic, but everyone was so willing to help which mm-hmm. made it easier yeah yeah so when we you go to- and visit her were you allowed to hold her or was it like she was in the thing and you could just reach in on the day and that's what was oh. so hard i would go and say i want to like the day that they told me i'm allowed to breastfeed okay i was only strictly going so i could breastfeed and then i wanted to hold her after there'd be yeah. days that she would have had a bunch of things done to her and she was so tired they're like could you come back later? Um, now's not a good time. She's got to stay in her incubator. And I'm like, I'll just sit here with her then if I can't hold her, you know, like I don't want to leave. I just got here and someone's watching my son. So I'll just stay here and look. No one can tell you how terrible it is until you're actually don't people are like, Oh, you know, Charlie's doing so well that she's home now. Okay. But if you read up on preemies, it's, a very long road ahead of us. We go see a high risk doctor almost all the time to make sure she's on the charts of everything. Okay. So, okay. So that's what I was going to ask. All right. So she's in there for 40 days. Mm-hmm. Did you, when they released her, was it like, I'm sure it was a happy day. Oh, for sure. Were you surprised? Did you know that she was going to get released? They told me the day before. Okay. Um, they said, you know, she's doing better with her feedings. That was literally the last thing that needed to happen in order for her to come home. Okay. She was so used to a feeding tube that um, feeding from a bottle was very difficult for her. Yeah. So she wasn't finishing any bottles. She was, you know, acid reflux. So she would throw it all up anyway. Um, she started taking bottles religiously, like no problem, not throwing up or anything. And when I went the day before, she was like, I don't want to get your hopes up and don't, you know, yeah. bank on this but I'm pretty sure the doctor said that Charlie can go home tomorrow. And I was like, really? And they also do a car seat challenge. They're very tiny. They have to make sure that their oxygen level stays the same. Heart rate doesn't drop dramatically if they're hunched over in a car seat. Yeah. So she failed it um, probably like three weeks before she came home. And I was like, you know what? I'm upset about it, but I don't want to take her home and not have monitors attached and be wondering if she's okay back there. A hundred percent. Oh yeah. She did it again the day before she was allowed to go home and she Mm. passed it. So then the day we came in, they were like, she's going home today. And I was just so thrilled. Yeah. So when you got her home, were you scared? Like, did you feel kind of like she's like, we're going to break her? Like, you know, not. And it's funny. I feel like most people with their first baby feel that way. Um, It was the opposite for me. My son was so big and I just was so ready for him that Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything by the books. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he, I'm treating him like he's my second kid. I was like, yeah, he's yeah. fine. He'll learn to do this, whatever. It's okay. With her, I feel like I'm a brand new mom and I've oh, never gosh. had a kid before. I I'm mean, sure, yeah. every little thing in the back of my mind, like my son didn't sleep in a bassinet. He was in his crib almost immediately. Right. Um, I literally just started putting her in the crib because of separation anxiety. Yeah, no, I understand that. It didn't I, next to me, so yeah. I was taking in every second of her being in my room. I could hear her breathing. I could see yeah. her. So things like that weighed on me a lot. I'm sure you haven't slept well. So it's funny. She's a great sleeper now. She sleeps oh, tonight. Oh, that's amazing. in her crib and she literally, it's my toddler. It's the molars. We're going to blame the molars. Yes. 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 All right. Well, praise God for that. So, so she's home. She's healthy. Yes. She's healthy as can be. She's gaining weight. 
Um, the only thing different is, you know, she's aging at four and a half months. She's realistically only two and a half months. So there's okay. corrected age and actual yes. age. Um, that's why we see a high risk doctor and our regular pediatrician. Um, okay. she's measuring like a two month old. She okay. doesn't look like almost a five month old. Okay. So is that like, will she have the corrected age? Like her whole life, like well, about one or two years old, it evens out. And then you don't notice a difference at all. Okay. God okay, willing that, yeah. that everything is okay. Moving forward, you know, like right. maturity, you don't really know like her hearing and everything like that. They have to keep an eye on because of the okay. meds that they gave me. Um, okay. There's just things that, you know, I, I never knew I have friends that had a preemie baby and I never knew any of this. Right. So it was news to me when yeah. they were, you know, piling all this information on, yeah. you know, I'm sure. Absolutely. So do you feel like emotionally, spiritually, mentally, like, how are you? Like, do you feel like you're overwhelmed with anxiety with her or like, where do you feel like you're at with all of that? So it's weird. Um, just recently, I think I'm dealing with a little bit of postpartum depression. Yeah. Um, I think I have PTSD for sure. Mm. Um, I think it didn't hit me right away because we were so go, go, go taking care of our son, finding a babysitter, going to the NICU, making sure we spent enough time with her yeah. and then coming home and doing it all over again. Yeah. Um, I think in weird ways, I should have known I was kind of struggling. My husband and I handled it very differently. Like he stuck his head in like projects in the house because he was anxious and I was getting just irritable over everything and crying over something that didn't even have anything to do with Charlie. Right. (laughs) So, um, after she got home, I was like, okay, I'm so happy. It's Mm -hmm. it's harder with two, but I'd rather her here than the NICU. So like, I didn't think about difficulty wise. Mm-hmm. Um, just recently I, I definitely cry about it. I feel, you know, you just have questions like why me or, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, just overwhelming feelings of mm-hmm. thank God she's okay. But it's like two crappy things in yeah. a short period of time that my body can handle so much. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, like physically it's a lot that your body has been through in such a short amount of time, but emotionally it's, oh, it's even wind. more, you yeah. know, like it's, that's a lot. That's, yeah. that's a lot to, to go through. And, you know, um, and then your husband too, you know, like I've had other conversations on this podcast where women have talked about, you know, fertility issues or postpartum and things like that. And it's the husband is going through it too, but it is different and it's people process it differently. And it can be something that's really hard for a marriage to go through. Mm -hmm. We argued probably more during Charlie than we ever have because we don't really argue. Um, and I'm like, seriously, like, this is what we need right now is right. argument. Like, I feel like, why is this happening? Like, we mm-hmm. should be more together, but it was bizarre. Like, you have so many feelings about so many different things and so many unknown things that yeah. whatever we were feeling that day was what it was. And if it absolutely. was to get mad at one another for no reason, that's mm-hmm. kind of what it was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like, you're so overwhelmed with stress grieving what you thought your experience was going to be accepting what it is uh, not knowing what the future looks like and it's like you're in it with each other you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so it's like you're not gonna have like your best face on for each other you know um but i mean i believe of course it'll make you guys stronger but it's a lot to go through uh, the fact that how much we've been through in the last two years our relationship is way better but definitely sucked not ever being argumentative and the one time you feel like you're drowning and like then all of a sudden your relationship seems kind of targeted as well out of nowhere (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's that's so hard so overall i know that you guys you know so this is interesting to interview you and i really appreciate this because oftentimes you know i'll have people on and interview them about something that happened like in the past that they're it's like they've moved on from it. Do you know what I mean? But like for you, it's very much still part of your every day, you know? And so like, yeah. So like, I was going to ask you like, oh, like what got you through it? But like, you're not 
through it. I mean, you're through the NICU. Yeah. You know, I would say like, obviously like prayer and even Mm -hmm. you saying your small group, like it's incredible the amount of feedback. Um, again, like I used my social media as a platform to kind of talk about Charlie and I didn't mean to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but the amount of people that reached out and either prayed or Mm -hmm. sent food on days that we weren't even thinking about food, like Mm -hmm. was unbelievably kind. And I, somebody delivered bagels to my door one day and I was so exhausted. And I literally just looked at the bag and cried. And I'm like, I'm crying over bagels right now, but it's literally the thought that people had to think of us and know that this is not the best of our times right now. And that helped people sent premature outfits. I mean, I was not prepared for this baby. Right. I had like, I had literally nothing for her. I was just going to use hand-me-downs of my son's onesies for a little bit and then make it work when I knew what her sizing was. And people just sent and donated like all of this stuff to us and it made it easier for sure. Mm-hmm. It's but, incredible. Like when you have a support system like that, you know, sure. uh, and family and friends, like yeah. they, they supported as much as we allowed them in. I mean, yeah. we were probably more closed off than I think we realized about it. Yeah. But they were so supportive, always checking in, making sure everything's good and sending pictures just to see her, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, what would you say to a mom who's maybe going through what you've been through? I would say read up on the NICU, read up yeah. on premature babies, be a little bit more in the know before you enter the NICU because it's a very overwhelming place, even though they make it very calm and very um, comforting. Mm-hmm. I think if you know more, it's less. Um, uh, yeah. I joined the preemie group a little too delayed. I think it would have helped me a little bit more if the second she got in there, okay, I joined yeah. it. I didn't know that was really an option. Thing. Right. Somebody told me about it after the fact. So, mm-hmm that would probably be helpful hearing other moms going through the same thing, different weeks they were born and Mm -hmm. just for comfort reasons or just feeling heard and on the same page as other people. Totally. Wow. Well, I mean, I cannot thank you enough for just like sharing your story. And I meant to tell you that her name, Charlie Grace, right? Mm -hmm. I think it is so, so cute. Thank you. I love it. How do you spell it? Completely. Um, Charlie IE at the end. IE, so cute. Thank so, you. So, so cute. I love it. I love it. So we're going to continue praying for her, you know, and for you guys. And like, we're so thankful that she's home and that she's doing well and she's healthy. But I know that, you know, you guys aren't through it. You know, you're still like in the thick of it with two babies. And like you said, seeing the high risk doctor and all of that. And so we're going to continue praying, you know, for you guys and for her, for sure. I appreciate that. Yeah. So let's just kind of take it out on a lighter note here. So I don't know you at all. So like, are you a TV person? What are you into? I'm actually the worst. We're we're not TV people, but randomly, if we have the time, if we're not watching Sesame Street or thing, because that's the new one, um, we're typically watching a murder documentary on Netflix, something like that. Yes. April and I actually go back and forth on whatever we're watching and try to watch the same shows. That's fun. Deal with that. But um, not too much time for TV by the time I get them both down. Then you fall asleep. Time to be by myself and then I pass out. Uh, Yes, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Like my husband and I always are like trying to find a show that we both want to watch. And then it's like by the time we settle on something, I'm like, I can't stay up. To watch you this. watch what you need to. I'm yeah. gonna go. <laughs> yeah, like I, I really can't. Like this is this isn't gonna be happening for me exactly. right now. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you, now, did your son? You have a lot of cousins. He has a lot of cousins around his age. Yeah. Yep. A lot of kids. That's good. That's fine. It helps during the pandemic because once we started seeing family, it was like a little bit better that he was socializing, but it was yes. all with family members, so he yeah. can get to know them, and it's not total strangers out of nowhere. Absolutely. So that was helpful that we have so many kids in our family. Yeah, that's amazing. So his favorite show right now is Sesame Street. He loves Sesame Street and he just got hooked to the movie Sing. Sing. Okay. I actually like was trying to make my daughter be into that movie because I like it. Like the soundtrack is phenomenal. I don't want to say much, but more so it's for me. Yeah. Not terrible to listen to. 
Totally. Okay. So like we've gone through this like a million times where like my husband, Scott will get my older daughter, Jace, like into a movie that he kind of wants to watch too. But it was funny because like when she was little, he, my husband was like one day, I guess like, oh, Shrek. Like I want to watch Shrek. That was a funny movie. He put it on for her. She becomes obsessed with it, but then she's getting a little older and like, they have some language in that movie, like oh. for like a two-year-old. Like, and I was like, Scott, I, she's going to, like repeat this like we gotta like we gotta sift through here like you can't just assume that if it's a cartoon it's like good for the two-year-old uh-huh it's like uh-huh. a whole thing so we I went through that also has that too i mean the my nieces were randomly singing oh my gosh look at her butt oh yeah like, why are they singing that right before i knew the movie and right I- Oh my! If it wasn't from that movie, (laughs) totally. Like there's so many times, like we'll just be like, "Oh yeah, this movie was great." We were we put on 101 Dalmatians for her the other day, and like they they're calling each other idiots and stuff like that. And then it's like she's gonna repeat it, and then I'm gonna yell at her. You know what I mean? So I'm like, "Oh, we gotta like preview these movies." Like I grew up on 101 Dalmatians. I thought it was fine. Crazy. I never once picked up on stuff like that as a kid for any Disney movies, anything. But now. Now, as an adult, I'm like, that's actually a little aggressive for a child. So it's weird that I watched this and didn't think anything of it. A hundred percent. Or some of them are just like very scary. Yeah. I said that to my husband. I'm like, I think he's going to be freaked out by some of these characters. Like, let's not introduce them just yet. Honestly, like, it really is funny that like, you would think like, this is such a stupid thing, but it's like a real part of life. Like, I'm like, there's sponges. They take it in. That's how nightmares start. You start totally. getting villains in, they picture that villain in their bed and they get freaked out. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. But hey, these are the things we think about, right? With the mom. little kids. Mom. This is mom life. For sure. <laughs> well, Amanda, this was awesome. Like getting to know you, putting a face to the name, hearing your story. You are so strong. I'm, and just, I'm so thankful for you sharing because I think it's going to help a lot of people just to hear, you know, what you've been through. And if someone has if any part of your story connects to them in any way, I think it just helps someone feel less alone. I would be super grateful if you it, know? Did. you know, I wish I heard something to be a little bit more in the know, you know absolutely, what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. And if it's okay with you in the show notes, I'll link to maybe like your Instagram. So if people want to reach out to you, like if they have questions or something like that, we'd love to do that. I would love that. Thank you. All right. So thank you so much. No, thank you. So nice meeting you. You too. All, All right. right. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to like and subscribe right now before you go. And hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. Check us out next week for our next episode. You can catch So What Else anywhere you get your podcasts or at CaitlinElliott.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else. Artwork by Caroline Chicola and editing and everything else by Scott Elliott. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.